and welcome to Dice and a Slice, the only D&D 5e podcast powered by Baked Goods. My name is Joshua Gould, I am your Dungeon Master, Pollen Boy, and I'm basically just a bundle of histamines. I'm joined today by a shortbread unicorn cookie, which, it looks really funny, it's really funny, it's got rainbow sprinkles on it, and it's just... <laughs> It's got a really big tum, but tiny legs. <laughs> and it's just the funniest unicorn I've ever seen. And I absolutely had to have it. And uh, it's part of my project, my plan, my scheme to support small cake. Tiny cake. It's good. Um, After all, you know, because we just sit around complaining about big cake, but we don't take to the streets and take action. No. It's time for affirmative action. <laughs> oh, and that's from the that's from the Crusty Corner Bakery on Silver Road in Norwich. Hi, my name's Jazz and I'm playing Skylar and I am... I am a class traitor today because I, in fact, am supporting Big Cake. Uh, Alice and I have been moving mm. all week. House, not just in general. Just moving and shaking, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but we've been moving house and so uh, there has been no time for baking. So I am here comforted by a little cherry bakewell because Aww. it's the simple things. I love a bakewell. <laughs> uh, I'm Alice and I play Hendrix and I've got a slice of, well, I've got many slices of cheese and crackers again but that's because I need the onion relish because apparently onion like caramelised onions keep away your uh, hay fever oh my god really yeah it really works last <gasps> year hay fever was like kicking my butt and we like googled like home remedies and I just started having spoonfuls of caramelised onions and it instantly makes it so much better oh so if you're god, suffering from hay fever and your medicine's not quite cutting it add in some onions as well it's seriously it's so good mm. i might have to try that because like even drugs don't help me so i literally just have to suffer for like a month or two but supporting small cake because we've just moved house so we're exploring all the bakeries and all the things around us and just around the corner from us there is a very nice looking bakery with a lot of very tasty morsels so um i think we'll get a couple of those for next time nice. mm -hmm. okay well hi my name's alicia and i play tala and i'm also supporting small cake uh, the crusty corner bakery and i got a jam slice today. I think it's meant to be called a Viennese slice, but when Josh called it a Viennese slice in the bakery, the women got very offended and said, no, it's a jam slice. Because apparently Viennese fingers are different and there was a whole... Mm. <laughs> it was a whole debate. Here's the thing, right? In the same, like, baker's tray, you know how they have it under the, under the counter, they had these Viennese fingers that were dipped in chocolate and had, like, a cream filling. And then above them, they had these Viennese jam slices, which is pastry jam and then, like, the Viennese biscuity stuff piped deliciousness. on top. Yeah. 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 And I said, okay, can I get one of the shortbread unicorns and a Viennese slice? And she said, yeah, sure, absolutely. And then she went down and she picked up a Viennese finger. Now, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> if I wanted a Viennese finger, <laughs> I'd have said a Viennese <laughs> finger. But I said, no, 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 I meant, meant the Viennese slices above. And she said, oh, that's a jam slice. And I'm like, sorry, has it not has it not got the Viennese biscuity thing on top? It has, but we call it a jam slice. Oh, now, I've no. been there. I've been there twice before, and I've asked for a Viennese slice. And there have been Viennese fingers there, and they've just given me the Viennese slice. And this lady, she she really got quite, she got quite angry with me. She seemed very terse. And I'm there like, well, I you're, you're my local bakery, so I'm going to come to you. She just didn't like you. <laughs> so, Tala, why don't you catch us up with what happened last time? Okay, so we were on the boat heading to Style. It was all very exciting. We ambled around, hung out with the crew. Skylar is selling his rich prince bit. It was all going seemingly pretty well. And then we saw a boat in the distance and there was someone on there and they looked kind of undead. They looked really not very well and they had a big throat and everything. Um, so I climbed down the ladder to greet them. We we're all a bit unsure. And uh, I kept my distance, but it didn't fucking matter because he just shot a huge fucking tongue at me and uh, latched onto my face. 
So I chopped his tongue off, and then Hendrix just shot two radiant blasts at him, and he died. Turns out he was diseased with something called frog tongue, according to Skylar. But I'm not infected, we think. Norma keeps giving me weird looks, like she's expecting me to turn. I don't quite know what that's about. We then uh, sailed past the shipwreck we think he'd come from, and suddenly everything got really weird and very foggy, and we couldn't quite see where we were going, so we slowed right down. Next thing you know, there's weird lizard things crawling up onto the ship. We got hit, and me and Hendrix are surrounded. I'm not entirely sure where Skylar is, but when are we ever? And one of the lizard guys did a water spell, so now the ship is spinning in a whirlpool too, so that's fun. And um, I'm currently paralyzed under the hold person spell, so fingers crossed we survive. And uh, the last thing I remember hearing is these horns in the distance. Could be good, could be bad. So, Tala and Hendrix, you are surrounded by the High Priestess, Blademaster, Deep Diver, and Champion on the quarterdeck by the wheel of the ship. Oh. Skylar, you are currently hiding behind some banisters at the forecastle of the ship. There is another one of these creatures that has disappeared over the side of the ship. Tala, you're paralyzed, and the ship is currently caught in the middle of a swirling, whirling whirlpool. Oh no. And you've just heard in the distance the sound of horns or trumpets. You don't know what it means. Oh, is it help? Oh. Is it help on its way? Is it is it a, a helpful sounding horn or an evil sounding horn? Hard to say. Horns tend to be uh, uh, neutral, neutral <laughs> on the on the alignment scale, yeah. So, Hendrix, top of the order, it's your turn. Right, so what I what I really want to do is give Tala a shield and then make my escape, but um, I need to smack this lady so that her concentration breaks. So instead, I'm going to spin my action, disengage from everybody, run to the edge of the quarter deck and leap down onto the main deck. Yeah, you can. That'd be really cool. And as I leap, I'm going to shoot an Andrew at the High Priestess. Cool, lovely stuff. And I'm going to hope I'm going to hope he's going to come through for me because Andrew. You're a bit hit and miss. Right, roll to hit with Andrew. That's a 14. 14 to hit the High Priest S. You'll be pleased to know that does hit. Yes, roll damage. <gasps> yeah. Thank goodness. Oh my goodness. Andrew, that was close. Too close. I've got oh, three whole cold damage, but hopefully that's enough to break her concentration. Three cold damage. Lovely stuff. Thank you. She just needs to re-roll, so fingers crossed. So Andrew lashes out and you see this sort of low level of frost sort of creep across her robes. She moves ahead to look at this undulating tentacle that we've all come to know and love. Mm -hmm. And as she looks at him, Tala, you feel the seaweed around you slacken off. Oh, fuck She yeah. loses concentration on her spell. Nice. Oh, Andrew, you are going to get a big... I don't, what do tentacles want? Cookies. Cookies. I think he, he just likes appreciation. He likes thanks. Tana's going to give him so much thanks. <laughs> and that is the end of your turn. Hendrix, having vaulted over the railings by the wheel, you're now stood in the middle of the main deck, right next to the central mast, in fact. Nice. Good place to be. Next up is the Blade Master, clad oh. in tarnished bronze plate mail with a sword that looks wicked sharp in his hand. Oh boy. Tala, you may have been 
no longer paralyzed. However, you are still within smashing range. I am within smashing range. Gonna make an attack at you, and Tala, you're not at full health, so these creatures' blood frenzy will apply. And their blood frenzy means that whenever they are attacking a creature that doesn't have all of its hit points, they get to attack with advantage. Fucking bullshit. Bullshit. Yep. I need that kind of thing. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, Tyler, that's a 15 to <gasps> That misses! <gasps> Yay! You rolled a 1 and a 9. I imagine that as the seaweed falls, although Tyler's not necessarily moving, you can see her muscles start to flex and you can, like, feel her anger. So he's, like, going to hit her, but I imagine she's just radiating. Like, she's so pissed off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's giving that vibe. In fact... Its next attack misses as well. <gasps> so Tala, as you come out of your paralysis, you your your muscles <laughs> your muscles sort of straining against these these strands of seaweed. You you move out the way of the first slice. You duck at the second one. The third one, however, wheels around and just manages to cut you across the forearm. And you will take 14 slashing damage, half to seven. And this creature looks at you, its mouth, you notice now, has got some kind of non-Axulian tentacles kind of coming out of it ever so slightly, but it's mostly just sharp teeth. The tentacles might just be like the forks of a bit of a tongue, perhaps. Maybe Mm. these guys are more, more lizard than fish. That ends their turn, and Tala, it's time for you. It's Tala's turn. Oh my god, I can move. I can attack. What yes. a big day. <laughs> Freed from Yay! your bonds. Blademaster has wronged me. Mm-hmm. He has, yes. So I will be attacking him with my trident recklessly. Very nice. well. 23 to hit. 23 hits, yes. Uh, roll to hit for the other one, then you can do all your damage at once. But what if I kill him with the first one? You won't. Uh. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> 17 to hit on the second one. 17 misses, unfortunately. Ooh, Ooh. they're beefy. Roll out your damage for the first one. That is 10 plus 2 rage damage, so 12, and then 4 psychic, so 16 damage total. Cool, thank you very much. So, Tala, your trident lashes out, lunging towards this creature that has just slashed you. You manage to get your first jab in, finding a seam in its breastplate armour. Um, and you watch as the psychic damage actually racks its mind a little bit. You go to strike again, but it brings its sword across, just moving your trident effortlessly out of the way. You have a bonus action remaining. With her bonus action, Tala is going to use the last hit of her restorative ointment. Oh, yes, your your magical ointment. So, Tala, you you dip into this jar, you sort of use your remaining few seconds of this round to sort of just slather on ointment on your wounds. It's ointment that has a strong sort of... It's almost got like a margarita smell to it, uh, by which I mean the cocktail, not the pizza. (laughs) It's got like a salty lime smell to it. I just rolled an eight on both of my dice. Oh, wow. Good job. Fuck yeah. So that is 18 I get back, which isn't massive, but it's better than nothing. It could be the difference between life and death. Could be, absolutely. With Tala's free movement and speech, she is just going to like whip her hair around because they're kind of all three surrounding her, kind of like growl, smirk at these things as if taunting them, like, come at me. Okay, you do so. (laughs) And these creatures all get slightly whipped by your hair. It It is long. Fuck yeah. It is luscious. Absolutely. And because you're raging and your teeth are slightly sharpened and your eyes are black you do look quite intimidating mm-hmm. and they, they do seem slightly taken aback that you've slathered ointment on yourself and basically done a little pirouette yeah <laughs> but cooler cooler than that next up is the priestess again oh. what she's recovered from her three cold damage <laughs> she has she has recovered from her cold damage unfortunately 
The priestess is going to point at Hendrix, and she growls something in a language that none of you recognize. And Hendrix, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw, please. Ha, 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 my greatest throws. <laughs> All right, so that's, oh, that's 18. Oh, nice. It's an 18. That is a success. Congratulations. Hendrix, she points towards you and you see there's almost like this faint rush of a shadowy energy that moves towards you, almost like a like a wave rushing up a beach. But you you sort of just focus in on yourself and dismiss these penetrating thoughts of fear that try and enter your mind. You see slight flashes of things that you could find like a little bit scary, like you mm. see spiders that have people faces for a moment. You and you see these little just weird things, but nothing that truly frightens you. Mm. Just scary things. And you have you have uh, successfully not been under the effects of the fear spell. Nice, nice, yeah. He's, Good he's, job. He, I think he's just too over it at this point. Yeah. Absolutely. With her bonus action, she's going to try and batter Tala with her trident. Oh. Batatala sounds like a lovely Italian meal. Ah, I'll have a slice of batatala. <laughs> or possibly that could just be calamari. Yeah, it's true. Tala, that is a dirty 20 to hit you. What is it with these guys in their dirty fucking 20s? Yes, that hits. Spectral Trident will lunge towards you, dealing a measly four force damage. She rolled the lowest number she could. Fuck yeah. But she sort of turns to you and smirks with, with big teeth, and that is the... That's not the end of her turn. Oh, God. She is going to move down the stairs onto the main deck so that she is right next to Hendrix. So she casts this fear spell at you, Hendrix. doesn't take effect. The trident stabs into Tala, and then this high priestess menacingly walks towards you down the steps onto the main deck. Skylar, it's your turn. You're hidden behind uh, yeah. a balustrade. I'm going to shoot her. Fuck yeah. Okay. You may do so at advantage as you, as you are hidden. Yeah. I rolled a 17. 17 will hit, yes. A 14 and then uh, plus four, so 18 total. Lovely. 18 nice. piercing damage. As Skylar, you, you pop up behind this little barricade, almost skirmisher style, and you just... Thwing! loose an arrow that, that smacks her right in the shoulder and she does turn and looks at you as you're there behind the banister. But I no, I'm going back into hiding with my bonus. You may now use your bonus action to hide, yes, absolutely. Yeah, before you have. Do not perceive me. Hey, she, <laughs> Don't look at She Shiloh. looked where the arrow came from. I rolled a 23. You believe yourself to be hidden. Sick. I believe it too. I also believe this. Yeah, we'd all believe it. As you hide, your passive perception alerts you to the presence of oh, something. No. <laughs> what? I'll tell you when it gets to their turn. Uh, anything else on your turn, Skylar? No, I'll I'll stay where I am. I think. Okay. Cool. Uh, so next up is the champion, the one with the spear. It's gonna not. It's not gonna mess around. It's not gonna do anything fancy. Tala, it's going to lunge at you with its spear. It's going to lunge three times, double-handed. Three? What? At advantage, because you don't have all of your HP. Uh, 17 to hit. That misses. A 19 to hit. Oh, meets it, so technically I suppose it should beat it. <laughs> and a... 16 to hit. 16 also misses. Good. So that is just one attack that hits. And you take nine half to four 
piercing damage as this creature lunges for you once and you just pirouette out of the way, continuing that spin. It lunges again and it gets you in just sort of in that space between the knee and like the middle of your thigh just there, like where the where the tendon is. How dare you. Uh, and then it tries tries to get you again, but you move your leg out of the way that time before it can get a sort of coup de grace on you. Skylar, with your passive perception, yes. you're aware of everyone's best friend, the Wave Shaper. Oh. Uh, you can hear him. You can hear him moving around on the boat just below the, uh, the actual deck of the forecastle. You can just see like a pair of hands there um, as as he's trying to quiet, trying to quietly move around, um, but not as quietly as he'd like to be. <laughs> and then finally, the one known as Deep Diver will take their turn. <sighs> And you will be surprised, Tala, to know that what the deep diver is going to do <gasps> is hold his glaive out, and you see this this torchlight in it starts to like glow, oh, and no. undulate, and move in a weird pattern. And I need you to make a wisdom saving throw, please, Tala. What the fuck? Let's hope this is better than my wisdom saves last game. <laughs> that is a twenty-one on a wisdom save. Twenty-one, Tala. There's a moment where this deeply aquan part of you uh, wants to look at the light and focus on the light and sort of go towards the oh light no. and see what it's doing. Be like, hey, buddy, what's up? Oh, no. Um, but you, you you dismiss that very quickly. It's like the anglerfish. I'm not falling for this shit. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mention <laughs> anglerfish because they are actually a... Uh, they are considered emissaries of Axel. Oh, <gasps> this is why Tyler does her save. Anything Axel related, she can save from. That's just a uh, fun coincidence. It's not. This, these guys don't seem to have anything else Axel related on them. Or do they? We co-created this law, and I've forgotten most of it. Yeah. You guys have access to the document as well. Yeah. Like, when you drop a fact like that, I'm like, wow, really, Josh? That's so cool. <laughs> you can go back and bone up anytime you like. I probably should, you know. Yeah, right. It, it reminds me how cool and clever we were. I know. Because I hear it, and I'm like. God, weren't we clever? That was a fun thing we added. <laughs> that was that was neat. Um, yeah, the whirlpool is still turning underneath. There are still lots of things that have weapons on this boat trying to kill you guys. Top of the round, Hendrix, you're right next to the high priestess. Yeah, I just came down here to get away from this lady, and she is back here, and I want to go. She's very clingy. She likes you. If I use my bonus action first, will that distract her from attacking me if I then leave? Uh. Flavor-wise, yes. Mechanically, no. Yeah. <laughs> so then what's the point? I was going to, <laughs> dear listener, I was going to run back up these stairs and get within 60 feet of Tala so I could send her a shield and then I was going to zap somebody with Andrew or something. You're, you're within 60 feet of Tala. I'm not within 60 feet yeah, of Tala. Yeah, you are. Oh, yeah, I am. What am I doing? <laughs> I Your maths is bad. I even was like, well, I can move 30 feet so I can get within her. Yeah, but, that, uh, but then I thought I wasn't 60 feet. What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> Hendrix would like to use his bonus action to shoot Tala a shield because Yay! he's super surrounded. Thanks. Again, because he doesn't fully know he has his paladin powers yet, so he um, he just looks at Tala and is like really concerned for her. And also, you know, he didn't want to run away. He didn't want to leave you behind, but he had to to you know tactics. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but he looks at her and like just that. Um, desire for you to be safe kind of just like manifests and mingles with his kind of like you know magic-y feeling and he thinks he's doing something warlocky but it's coming from a good place and um instead it kind of comes from something else that he's not fully aware of yet and oh, uh that's cool. or glowy that's so shield sweet. will form around you yeah it's like he think he'd say that it's magic intent but actually it's kind of a prayer and it doesn't know who's going it's who it's going to yet oh yeah. 
and that's uh, so cute. And so you've got a shimmering shield that surrounds you, and you've got plus two to your AC until my concentration breaks. Fuck yeah, all these dirty twenties the are soon about to miss. <laughs> <laughs> so Hendrix, you point at Tala, and you sort of utter this oath that you'll protect your friend, basically. And Tala, you get covered in this shimmer that sort of looks a bit like very shallow water. You know the, the light that water gets mm-hmm. on the, on a sea floor when there's light coming through it? Yeah. That's the sort of shimmer that you're covered mm, with. That's pretty. Oh, pretty. Okay, well, as High Priestess is here, I am going to knock my cane on the floor, if it's not already, and I'm going to shout, Toramine, and I'm going to slash her with my rapier. Oh, very yeah. cool. Roll to hit. It's a 15. I don't know if that's going to hit her. 15, that hits. Yeah, roll yes! back. Oh, yes, I keep forgetting. She's not as beefy as the others. Nah, she, she's a caster. Hendrix should know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he thinks he's having a badass fight with her, but actually it's a Pikachu slap fight. Oh, for goodness sakes. <laughs> I do four whole damage. Pikachu, oh, no! no. <laughs> so you send this shield over to your friend. You smack your tartar. You smack your staff on the floor, turning it into a rapier, and you lunge it forwards into this high priestess. As you make contact, can you roll me a d6, please? Why? Why? Six. As your rapier pierces her carapace, her hide, her scales, you feel a flow of radiant energy move through your hand and through your rapier. And as you cast a paladin spell as a bonus action on your turn, you can do an extra 1d6 of radiant damage <gasps> with Tormain. Oh, amazing. Oh, amazing. Oh, hold a six. Oh, that's so good. Yes. It's essentially the, the the melee version of your el- eldritch thing. That's really fun. That's really cool. As though someone's out there like, good job, Hendrick. Love it. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> so yeah, so he just stares at that because he, he obviously, again, he's he doesn't really understand who this is coming from and is amazed. Definitely. Um, so you've got movement if you want to use any movement. I can't like take cover stood here in the middle of this open boat, can I? Although I am against the mast. You are against the mast, yeah. Would I have to move away from her to duck behind this mast? Which if stole? you literally took a step to your left, mm-hmm. you'd be, the, the mast would be between you and her. And it'd be a really fun, campy pirate adventure <gasps> thing to do. Yeah, for both right. Of I do want to do that. Side of the I mast. do want to, you know what, I'm going to do it. He's going to, He's gonna see that, be like, "Oh wow!" and then just Yay. pulls rapier back and zip around the thing in a proper pirate fight. Hendrix, in a moment of inspiration, deciding to become a swashbuckler, ducks behind the masts, ready to engage the high priestess in some sort of campy pirate sword duel. Yes. yes. Speaking of campy pirate swords, it's time for the blade master, <laughs> and the blade master is not gonna mess with what works. So he's gonna make three strikes at Utala with his wave cutter blade. Blech. That's what I think of that. That is a 24 to hit. Oh, yeah, that still hits. That's a 22 to hit. Damn. And that is a dirty 20. That misses. Um, so he is going to slash at you viciously with this sword, making two successive hits. Just getting you across the back, Tala. The first one dealing 13 slashing damage, halved to six. And the second one doing 12 slashing damage, halved to six. The third one, he sort of wheels a sword around his head as though he's going to try and deliver some sort of critical hit to you. Um, But you bring up your trident and catch the blade in its tines and just throw the sword away. Still in his hand, but Mm. not contacting you, importantly. Mm. That is the end of his turn, Tala. 
It's now your go. Who looks the worst out of the three guys around me? Out of the three guys around you, probably Deep Diver. So yeah, Tyler is going to try and attack uh, Deep Diver recklessly. Mm -hmm. That is a 23 to hit. 23 hits, yes. And that is a 25 to hit. Yeah, they both hit. Roll damage. Fuck yeah, that was max. Okay, so it's 25. 25. And then I get two d4s of psychic damage for a solid 30 damage. 30. Fuck yeah. Tala, you have had enough of this shenaniganery. I've had so much enough. <laughs> you wheel round with your trident. You get two really good strikes on this creature. The first one going straight into the ab abdomen. It, it reels back, sort of letting out a... <laughs> noise. The second one going into the arm, sort of in the left shoulder, in fact, and you hear, feel a really solid crunch, and you watch as it sort of limps a little bit. It's not quite dead, but it wishes it was. And then for my bonus action, I want to smack it with my Taj and hopefully send it over the edge of this boat, because he stood right by the gate. He is, yes, absolutely. Roll to shield whack. Can I shield whack recklessly? Uh, yeah, because reckless affects uh, all of the attacks you make on that Round. 17 plus 7 is 24 to hit, please. Yeah, that'll hit. Roll damage. Fuck yeah, that is max damage. That is 4 plus 4, so 8 with my shield. 8. Wow. Does that include your strength and your rage damage? Does that include my rage? Yeah, you're raging. <gasps> yes, that's another 2, so that's another 10 damage. That's 40 in this turn. I'm well chuffed with that. Uh... <laughs> I'll tell you what, you didn't need the extra 2. <gasps> As your Targe makes contact with this creature that has just been pierced badly, you smack it. And there's a moment where it sort of loses its balance, its arms flail around, the glaive falling onto the deck. And it looks as though it's going to sort of lunge forwards at you. And then the eyes sort of roll back in its head and it just falls like it's falling off a tall building into the ocean behind. And you hear its sort of body get caught in the vortex beneath and get sucked underneath. Yes. You have successfully slain Deep Diver. Oh my god, that was such an epic round. Amazing. Really good. 40 damage is incredible. 40 damage without critting. That yeah. is insane. Nice, nice, nice. Once his body kind of flies off the edge, Tala's going to like very slowly turn to champion, who I imagine looks the next weakest. Indeed. And just like stare at him as if to be like, you're next. Uh-oh. In fact, she will say to him, you're next. The head is cocked as though it knew you were saying something, but it didn't know what you said. <laughs> Ooh. What if she says it in Primordial? Uh, you would get the same response. Oh, interesting. Great. Next up, it's the Priestess, everyone's favourite character. Uh... So, she is going to actually turn towards you, Tala. Oh, God. And she lets out a sound that... It sounds almost like a low drone with... It's like if, if there was a, a monk making a droning sound, but their mouth was filled with gravel. Oh, weird. And you see as Blademaster and Champion get a sort of weird dark blue aura just uh, around their hands and around their head Ooh. as she casts Bless on them. Oh, mm -hmm. fuck off. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Do they get a D4 to every ability check or saving throw. Oh, but I think that's balls. another concentration. So if we can... That is another concentration spell. Okay, well, I'm on it. That's her action. With her bonus action, she's going to command her trident to fly at you, Tyler. <sighs> and that is a... <sighs> 13 to hit, which no, I believe it does not. thank you. So this this trident sort of jabs at you again, Tyler, but you're, all, you're just sort of there now. You're in the mood. You're feeling the dance of the waves move you. 
Um, now that you've adjusted to this rotating boat. Mm. Boatating. What is your AC now that you've got your plus two currently? 21. Beefy, chonky. Nice. And as, as she does that, she'll turn again to Hendrix. And Hendrix, you see she sort of takes a slightly feral stance and then just grabs her club in her hand as though she's like, okay. Oh, it did not this. bring a club to a sword fight. <laughs> Skylar, now it's your turn. Well, I'm currently hiding. You are. And I am going to pop out. I'm going to shoot her and then I'm going to hide. Okay. So roll roll your hit first. Roll to hit. So it's a 17. 17 total. Yeah, that hits. Yes. Roll damage. Yeah. 19. 19 piercing damage. Lovely stuff. Skylar, again, you pop up and you just let out an arrow. Thump, flies through. Hendrix, you see this arrow make contact. Not quite sure where it came from. <laughs> um, she's going to make her con save. Oh, she rolls a natural 20 ah. on the con save, unfortunately. Fuck so you, she, will, she will maintain concentration on the bless spell for the moment. But then, yes, then I would like to vault over the banister yep. down onto the slightly lower floor and then duck round underneath the stairs towards where the quarters are. Brilliant. You shoot the arrow, leap over, and sort of almost commando roll under a set of stairs. Hell yeah, I do. Nice. Very swish, very fast. Roll, roll to hide, please. So that's a 22. Oh, rogues. Cool. Thank you, Jacques LeBlanc. <laughs> uh, next up is the one we call Champion. Champion, uh, hearing you, Tala, say that he was next. He's intimidated and runs away, right? <laughs> so he's going to make three attacks at you. Uh, so, Tala, that is a... And uh, that is a 24 to hit. If you could roll lower, that would be great. That is a 26. Damn. Yep, they're, they're both gonna they're both gonna do it. This this bless is doing its work. And oh 25, all three hit. It's like you want to kill off Tala at this point. I'm feeling very pointed. <laughs> I don't want to kill off Tala. I want to challenge you as players. <laughs> so, Tala, oh dear me. I'm gonna just bundle all of the damage together. That's 27 damage halved to 13. Tala's getting real. She's getting close, team. Oh. Sun's getting real low. She she is looking very, very bloodied. Oh. Like, she's still she's still up, but she's looking rough. Oh. After telling this creature that it's next, it looks at you, Tala, lets out a low growl, and then gives three very swift, but very forceful jabs, oh. and all of them hit you in the side, oh. in your left side, your, your shield-wielding side oh, as well. Oh, no, I can't cure you from here either. I will say that, like, this is obviously doing Tala, like, she is, she's bleeding quite heavily, like, she looks pretty battered, but she has that, like, you can very much sense her training in that she still stood tall and she's not like yeah, showing yeah. any yeah. signs of flinching or injury. Like, oh, ab Absolutely. To a casual observer, the scariest thing going on here is how much damage Tyler is taking and how little it is affecting yeah. her. Yeah. Um, so, Champion's turn is done. Next up is the turn of the Wave Shaper, who is going to think that he was being very clever and jump up on the forecastle looks up and anyone paying attention would notice that he's looking around to see if he can see Skylar. Can't, yeah. because all he did was see Skylar run up there. He didn't didn't see <laughs> Skylar hop back down or hide or any of that. <laughs> However, now that Wave Shaper is there, Wave Shaper will use his action to engage the Arablest, the, the ballista at the front of the ship. Oh, that's not good. He will use his action to load and strap into the ballista Fuck. while these waves keep spinning around and the rest of his movement 
moves it around and trains it on Hendrix. Yeah, I had a feeling that was going to happen. Okay, next up, it is top of the order, Hendrix. Oh, well, I knew what I was going to do right until a blister got pointed in my face. Um, <laughs> I um, I get two shots with my Radiant Blast now, don't I? You do, yes. Wonderful. I'm going to take one shot round the corner of the mast, because we've established that I can curve these shots um, at, the, <laughs> <laughs> at the High Priestess. And I'm going to send the other one at Wave Shaper. Um, roll both of those at disadvantage, please. So the first one, which is going to the High Priestess, is 25. That hits. Yeah! Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's 15 damage, please. 15 damage. Lovely. Hendrix, you duck around the corner, channeling Tormain. You send out a, a blast, close range, almost shotgun-esque blast at her. And it seems to make contact. Nice. And as this blast makes contact with her, the blue mist around the blade master and the champion dissipates as you watch her shake her head. And she... She almost like leans on the mast to try and catch her breath. Yeah. She looks beat nice. up. Hendrix, yeah. you've got you've got one more blast. I got you. All right, well he wants to go for Wave Shaper, but seeing that she's in a bad way, he's actually gonna send a second one at her. That makes sense. Disadvantage again? Yes, please. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> oh, no. Um I just rolled a three and a nineteen. Oh no. <laughs> um so that's uh an 11 <laughs> an 11 hendrix you you feel the first blast connect you wheel back around the mast this time going the other way hoping to catch her not expecting her to lean on the mast you just completely sky the shot as it as you see this ball of radiant energy sort of fly through the fog that's okay you've got a bonus action yeah i'm gonna move old andrew so I'm going to send Andrew over to Wave Shaper. Okay. And I would like Andrew to attack the Ballista, please. Ooh. Fun, good thing fun, I've got fun. that stat, isn't it? I love it. Because you know what? Wave Shaper's not so scary. If he hasn't got that Ballista, he's pointing at me. <laughs> Can Andrew just like put his tentacle inside where the thing would come yeah, out Yeah, right. I'm like, can inside he just the grab the bolt yeah. or whatever? <laughs> can he just, grapple? Can yes, like, grapple he just constantly takes it out of the guy's hand whenever <laughs> it's uh, uh, sorry. Uh, sorry. If you want Andrew to try and interfere with the gubbins of the ballista, I will allow you to do so. So oh, do fantastic. a do a spell ability check. <laughs> That's a twenty-four, please. Um, so Hendrix, you see, you see at the corner of your eye, uh, Andrew sort of uh, dissolve into the ship and then reappear near the ballista as this tentacle comedically comes around the other side of the wave shaper and just take the ballista bolt out from the channel of the weapon. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, I just mess with the thing. Okay, uh, Hendrix, you've got some movement if you want to use it. Oh, I'll stay where I am. You stay pressed up against the mast. Next up, Blademaster, who is hashtag blessed. No, he's not. No, not anymore, he because the blessed is gone. Blessed. I need to remove, need to remove that note. <laughs> so, He's going to make three attacks at you with his wave cutter blade. That is a 21 to hit. Oh, meets it so it beats it. That is a ooh, 22 to hit. What the hell? And that's an 18 to hit. 18 right? misses. So, Tala, he slashes out with his blade three times trying to slash you up, catching you once on the shoulder, once just below the knee this time. And then the third one wheels around. Actually, the cut to the knee causes you to flinch ever so slightly uncharacteristically. Mm. Um, and he, you just move just outside of the range of that slash. Uh, Tala, you take 18 rounded down, uh, halved to 
Nine. Oh, Tala's getting real bad. And it is now your turn, Tala. <laughs> it is my turn. Fuck me. I assume Champion looks worse than Blademaster, yep. Yes. Oh, then Tala's going to do her best to take down Champion recklessly. I shall be attacking. Oh, I rolled the same thing twice. That's a 22 to hit. First one? Twen- 22 hits, yes. An 18 to hit? 18 hits as well, yeah. yeah. Roll damage for both. 27. 27 damage. That's a lot of damage. As Tala, you lunge forward with your tridents, trying to return the spears that it did against you. Mm. You make two really good hits, and you seem to affect this creature in a significant way. Uh, He does not look particularly well. Then he's getting a shield bash. Yeah, you can do a shield bash. Oh, that's a nat 20 on a shield bash. Nice. So, double those damage dice. It's only a little baby d4. Who knows? (laughs) So let's say two or three, so five plus two is seven, plus four is eleven. Eleven. Nice, good job, as your shield bashes out, crushing his spear arm quite significantly. Is he still looks up? in a very looks in a very bad way, but is still up, unfortunately. Oh I'm debating legging it and just mm. You can try and leg it. My issue is if they both hit me, that's gonna be difficult, but I won't I won't stand another round against Blade Master, I'll die. Yeah, Tala's gonna have to get out of there. Which way are you going? She's going to stand just behind Hendrix in the hope that he can touch her. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's good. Cool. He will do that. Tyler is so bloodied, she, she realises that she won't take another round um, if, if Battlemaster gets another three hits. So she's going to risk the potential two opportunity attacks, but they are at disadvantage because uh, Tyler has the... Because of your Barracuda, Totem Barracuda. Yeah, Spirit of the Barracuda. So they would have been at advantage, but disadvantage, so it's a flat roll, and she's going to leg it down onto the deck and stand behind Hendrix away from the priestess. That's cool. I got I got you. I got Blade you. Master rolls a 15 and Champion rolls a natural Fuck one. yeah. So they both Ooh. miss. Yeah. Yeah. So Tala, you channel this, this Barracuda energy and you start moving almost unpredictably on the spot. Blade Master tries to slash at you. Champion tries to jab at you. But you twist and turn away, running across the quarter deck, down the stairs to the main deck, next to Hendrix, who has stood by the mast. Healy baby. <laughs> You're also right next to the stairs that go down below deck, should you need to run that way. Oh, I am, that's true. Yeah. Champion did roll on that one, and I kind of want to punish them. Oh my god, please. As you run away, yeah, I just confirmed that nat one. That was another nat one. It was unheard <gasps> wow. of. It's like a one in, wow. No, it's, it, it's a one in 400 chance. Uh, but as you dive past, you hear the sound of spear hitting flesh. <gasps> and you see that the champion has accidentally put his spear into the blade master. And <gasps> And cause a little bit of damage. Oh, oh amazing. my goodness. Blade Master is going to be pissed. I can already feel it. <laughs> Next up is the turn of the Priestess, everyone's favourite character. What she's going to do is, Hendrix, you see her hold the staff and her hand up. She drops the staff. Um, and as just before she drops the staff, you see her say, say something. It's a very small phrase. She holds the staff up, says a small phrase, and then drops it. And she says, in a language that you can understand, <gasps> in spite of the fact that her mouth isn't making the right shapes for it, she says, Please, no more. Oh. We will leave and let you go in peace. Oh, no. Oh. And that is all she does on her turn, other than going prone onto her knees. So she goes to her knees, drops her staff, and says that. Yes. All of the others look at her with, like, 
shocked expressions. Okay. As she has cast the spell tongues on herself. Ah. That is her turn. Skylar, it's your turn. Oh. She's just surrendered. Uh, so everyone else is looking at her. Yes. I would like to ready an attack, but I'm going to stay hidden and ready to shoot if this kicks off. So I would like to, especially her, I would like to maybe take aim on her, but remain hidden. Cool. Okay, so you're going to ready the attack action with the activation of if if they start attacking you again. Yeah. I'm, I'm going. Fab. Thank you very much, Skylar. That's quick. Yeah, nice and easy. Uh, move on. It's now the turn of the champion. The champion spends the first half of their turn looking very sheepish indeed. <laughs> um, and then turns towards the priestess looking shocked and drops its spear as well. Ooh. Then it's the turn of the wave shaper. The wave shaper comedically looks at Andrew and Andrew makes sort of like a like a, what are you going to do, gesture. <laughs> um, and the wave shaper raises both of their hands above their head and steps away from the blister as well. Does the whirlpool keep up? The whirlpool does keep mm. up, yes. Interesting that he did not stop his spell. Hendrix, it's your turn. Okay. Oh, I can't roll insight and cure Tala, can I? Because they're both actions. Uh, where we are currently, I would allow you to do both of those things. Fuck yeah. For reasons. Okay, well, he first, before he does anything he's gonna because as soon as Tala came over he'd have like put a hand on her basically so I'm gonna mm-hmm. do cure wound <laughs> okay I got you it's 1d8 plus your charisma yeah oh, I'm gonna say so I only rolled a one but luckily I'm quite charismatic that is a nine Tala you take nine healing damage <laughs> so he does that watches this surrender happening and he'll kind of step out away from the mast and he'll kind of like raise his rapier up, mm. and um, he's gonna roll a little cheeky insight. Roll an insight check for me. That's fifteen. Fifteen. Um, given how battered and bloodied she is, you suspect that it makes sense for her to want to surrender. Obviously, putting her own life perhaps above whatever they were trying to achieve here. So if he can speak as well, he's not gonna try and persuade. But yeah, yeah you, you can speak. He's gonna speak in primordial all right if you all drop your weapons and if someone can end that whirlpool you're free to go <laughs> not sure Tyler's on board with that plan <laughs> it's not my turn but he's he's sort of standing he's got his hands up he's got both hands up holding his sword up in one hand other hand just up and it's kind of like out of cover now and is like there kind of like accepting this um surrender so if you guys want to stop him you'll have to you know like it, it, it's a very, very pu- visual and public surrender, and he's kind of standing very in the way, so it'll be a whole thing. Mm. Yeah, I think Tyler's log- logic is just that, like, they'll go into the water, they'll heal themselves up, and they'll just do the same thing to people who can't fight back. Like she, yeah, that's very fair. She, she's not necessarily keen on killing them all, but she's also not keen on letting them just go. She's more so thinking about like throwing them in a brig if we have one, which I imagine every ship must have some kind of brig. Uh, this one, this one doesn't. It's too full of expensive fabrics. Mm. Yeah, Hendrix's immediate thoughts are more like I have to honour the surrender that's happening and I don't know if we can hold them um, and I don't know if they'll change their mind about their surrender later but, you know. That's fair. Okay, Hendrix, that's the end of your turn? Yes. The one we call Blademaster turns to the High Priestess and uh, walks towards her. He uh, puts a hand 
on her shoulder and looks at you, Hendrix, to, to see that you're very obviously taking the uh, surrender that they are offering. Um, he looks down at the High Priestess, back at you, and then this cruel smile goes across his face. I fucking knew it. As his sword plunges down <gasps> through past where her collarbone would be straight oh, down. I knew it. Oh, hello. Welcome aboard. Is that a bit of seaweed wrapped around your arm? Hmm? Uh, this place, it's the middle bit. It's where I, Josh, speak to you, the listener, about all sorts of real-world goodness. Don't worry, there are no nautical ambushes here, and our patented anti-vortex technology means that whirlpools are a cinch. Relax, and I think you should have a hearty ale. It'll help calm your nerves. First, Quill and Inkling are here to swash your buckles with the Scarlet Pimpernel, the famous story of a bold, mysterious Englishman sneaking out French aristocrats from Paris during the French Revolution. French agent Chauvelin asks his old friend Marguerite to help him discover the Pimpernel's identity, but it all gets very serious when her husband, Sir Percy Blakeney, well-known idiot, gets involved. For more information on the Scarlet Pimpernel and for all tour dates and venues, visit Quill and Inkling online. Second, hail you mighty bard. Madame Lucille, the world's famous patron of the Galaxy Theatre, requests your presence at a very special event. She has scoured records, performances and recounts to find special performers to star in her latest work of genius, The Night of Starlight which just so happens to fall on Wednesday the 14th of July at 7pm BST at twitch.tv forward slash chaotic lawful underscore inc, where you can join Josh along with four other bards as they try their level best to entertain Madame Lucille with their various bardic talents. For more information, visit chaotic lawful inc on Twitter or on twitch.tv forward slash chaotic lawful underscore inc. Finally, we have set up a Ko-Fi. Now, what's Ko-Fi? It's an easy-to-use platform where you can help support our podcast for the price of a cup of coffee or a slice of cake, if you prefer. All you have to do, if you're feeling generous, is go to Ko-Fi, that's ko-fi.com forward slash Dice in a Slice, D-I-C-E-N-A-S-L-I-C-E, and click Donate. You can use PayPal or debit or credit cards. Anything that you can afford to donate will be greatly appreciated and will just help cover a few of our running costs, not to mention help us reach more wonderful podcast listeners. That link again is ko-fi.com forward slash Dice and a Slice. Thank you so much in advance. We really appreciate any help you can give us. And hey, speaking of us, why not come find our social medias at Dice and a Slice on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram where you can come and chat with us about anything from slices to dices and everything in between. Thank you so much for your patience with the delayed release of this episode. We've had a crazy week, a crazy month, in fact, and finding the time to edit and record between all the things going on has been a bit of a mammoth task. But we're back now and we plan to sail onwards and upwards. To be honest, it's been a bit of a crazy year and we're all so grateful for all the new friends that we've made along the way and for anyone who's ever listened to any part of our show. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much. And now, back to the action. As his sword plunges down <gasps> through past where her collarbone would be straight oh, down. Killing her instantly, robbing you guys of a kill. Oh my god, I knew I was desperate for, to kill him, and I'm so glad, because now Tyler has an excuse. <laughs> so, Skylar, uh, that enemy has just taken an aggressive action, but the High Priestess is dead. You may still use your shot, yeah. just because of how they're lined up. 
to shoot at the blade master. Fuck yeah. So I'll roll to I'll roll to shoot. Cool. Go for it. So that is a 25. 25 does hit. Yes, roll damage. <laughs> there we Good go. Lord. So that is a sneak attack. Uh, 17. Nice. 17 piercing damage. Lovely stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I would like to hide. I'm afraid you can't because it's not your turn. <gasps> but I held my turn. You held your action. <gasps> the blade master arrow fresh oh! in like the join between his armor and his neck turns to Skylar no! and moves no! towards you. Hendrix, <laughs> Hendrix, as he gets level with you, he will use one of his attacks to make a special attack called a shove. Whoa! There is no honor at sea anymore. There is no respecting no, ab- ab- a good old-fashioned boat surrender. I don't know what you were expecting from these so, guys. So, <laughs> Hendrix, please make an athletics or an acrobatics check. Oh, that's a 22. Oh, nice. Flip. Yes, a 22 definitely beats his eight. Wow, he rolled low. <laughs> so, Hendrix, he tries to shoulder check you going past, attempting to actually push you five feet back so that you can't make an opportunity attack, but just misses entirely. Yeah, I think uh, Hendrix and- is so scandalized by everything this guy has done that as he goes for a shoulder check, Hendrix does like a nice smooth kind of like dodge around and out the way of it. Oh, like- definitely. Um, and that is actually the end of his, uh, not the end of his turn, but that's the end of his movement. So Hendrix, as you dodge his shoulder barge, he will then wheel round with his sword and attempt to slash you. You are not at full health. That is a 19 to hit Hendrix. That definitely hits me. So Hendrix, you take 12 slashing damage. Oh, injury to insult, that's what this is. And I need you to make a constitution saving throw DC 10. Oh, I got a 12, we're okay. You got a 12, you yes. maintain your concentration on Shield of Faith. Nice. Good job, Hendy. Next in the order, Tala. So, what she's gonna do is she wants it to look like she's retreating out of fear because she's like, oh no, they're not really surrendering. Oh gosh, what are we going to do? Um, and she's going to take a step back, so she's got a decent 10 feet for a, for a good solid trident throw. And she's nice. going to launch her trident at his neck. Nice! <laughs> Recklessly. Do it, Tyler. Roll to trident. So the first hit is a 23. 23 hits, yes. Second is a 24. 24 also hits. Roll both of them damages. As you throw your trident out, the first one pierces through the sides. There's a little gap in his armor just on the inside of his arm that you get at the first time. You call the trident back. He manages to ready himself, but leaves himself wide open on his flank, which flies in, and the trident deals damage as well. How much is that, please? 26 total. 26 total damage. Good. These trident hits doing their work, making this guy look like he is having a horrendous time. Is he still up? He is still up, yes. Anything else in your turn, Tala? Yeah, Tala's now going to run the distance that was separating them with her shield, and she's going to just launch at him with it. Yeah, going to bash him? I'm going to bash him. That is a 19 plus 7, so 26. 26 hits, yeah, roll damage. 10, that is max shield damage. 10 piercing damage. As you go through, you use your targe, and you see the impact actually makes his armour puncture inwards and this sort of greeny blue blood starts to trickle out. Nice. Still alive though. Oh, fuck you, guy. Tala is going to run away from him with her remaining movement. Oh, wow. Okay. So, Tala, you throw your trident twice, recalling it effortlessly to your hand both times. You charge forwards, charge in front of you and puncture through the body armor 
and then you use your your dexterity and your nimbleness to run away. Where do you go to? She's going to run to kind of like against where the stairs go up for the to the upper deck and just tuck behind a barrel or some shit. Tyler, you retreat from Blade Master, tucking yourself uh, next to the door that would open into the cabin quarters. Uh, next to the door that would open to the captain's quarters below the steps beside you. Mm-hmm. And he is going to make an opportunity attack at you. And that is a 21 to hit, unfortunately. A flat roll? Yeah, flat roll. Oh, yeah, it does still hit then. That will be 15 slashing damage, halved to 7. Wowie, wowie. Okay. Next up, Skylar. You are not currently hidden. What I'm going to do is I'm going to shoot Blade Master okay. because he is currently distracted so I won't get my advantage, yep. but I will get my sneak attack. Correct. And then I'm going to hide because I do not like being perceived. Where are you going to hide? <laughs> I'm actually going to dodge into the sleeping quarters. Just kind of slip behind and then kind of crack the door open and use that as my uh, sniper's nest. Very cool. So roll me your attack first. Uh, so that's a 14. You take aim through the steps and you level an arrow and it's, it, would, it would hit true were the creature not wearing armour, unfortunately. Mm. Your arrow just sort of bounces off okay. the armour. Um, but you'd seize the moment of, of slight confusion as, as Tala runs away to steal inside the sleeping quarters beneath the forecastle at the prow of the boat. Roll me a stealth check, please. 21. 21. You believe yourself to be hidden. So, next up is Champion. Champion saw where you are, Talassa, and while he has dropped spear, he will still charge towards you, vaulting over the banister, landing almost directly on top of you. He is going to make one bite attack and two claw attacks at you. That is a 17 for the bite. No. That is a 9 for the for claw number one. Nope. And a 11 for claw number two. Get a hell, champion. <laughs> so champion charges towards you, vaults over the banister, fangs bared, claws outstretched like some sort of aquatic wolverine. Tries to bite at you, you just duck out the way. Tries to claw at you, your shield comes straight up. The second claw comes across, but your hair whips around. Fuck yeah, And his hand touches it and he goes, ew, icky. He doesn't really. It's badass. <laughs> It's really badass. Um, can I retroactively have Tala use her free speech on her turn to yell, Tiny, we need lime buns. <laughs> you, can, you can retroactively yell that on your turn, yes. Uh, you, don't, you don't know whether it was heard. <laughs> no, I know. Next in the order is the Wave Shaper. Hendrix, Wave Shaper dashes towards you from the top of the forecastle, bounding over the balustrade or possibly even Bannister. First, he's going to try and bite you. Right. That is an 18 to hit. That hits. If I die to accepting a surrender, I'm going to be very upset. Dealing 10 piercing damage and 15 cold damage. (gasps) Um, I'm unconscious. Oh my god. I had 11 (gasps) HP left. That was a beefy fucking hit. That was 25. Oh, you are unconscious. So now what does that mean? Well, this is the second time that Hendrix has gone unconscious in combat. When you go below zero, but less than double negative your HP, which makes sense when it's written down more than it does when it's said, um, you fall into a state of being unconscious. This means that every turn you will make a death saving throw. It is a special saving throw. You will add your constitution modifier to it. I like that rule. Some people don't include the constitution modifier, but I think your con is your is your life force. Mm. Yeah, it makes so. sense. If you get three saves above 10, 
you will be stabilized and you will not die. If you get three fails, i.e. rolling below 10, you will be dead, brown bread. If another creature hits you while you are unconscious, that is one failed saving throw. I would say as well, seeing, seeing Hendrix go down, Tala would scream yeah. really loudly. So if, if people below deck didn't hear now, they know now yeah. that Hendrix yes. is down. Thank you, Tala. <laughs> Hendrix, does a 16 hit you? Um, it meets it, so it beats it. As Wave Shaper delivers a claw attack, <gasps> you will mark one failed death saving throw. Fuck. Okay. That is Wave Shaper's turn done. Tala, you let out a scream as Hendrix goes down and then is mauled by this creature, you see a cold energy move through his body oh as he seems to drift further and further into the mesh. No wants to run. I hate initiative. I hate initiative <laughs> so much. As Hendrix goes unconscious, Andrew just oh sort of withers no. and wilts and dissipates oh no. into a fine oh. fog. Oh, we're losing everybody. Tala, the shield around you dissipates as well. Uh, of course it will. Oh. Hendrix, no. roll me a death saving throw. God, I'm crossing all of my things. It's a 14. Yes. Mark one save on your death saving throw counter. That is the end of Hendrix's turn. Next up is Blademaster, who will turn towards Tala. Thank God, yeah. Come come at me. Come at me, bro. I hit you. I feel that. And he will charge at you and try and make three strikes against you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he could just kill me in one go. Ta Tala could also um, die in this turn. Oh, no. Come join me in the mesh. We'll have an awesome adventure and come back and haunt these guys. That is a natural 20. <gasps> Don't say that, Josh. It's not that roll. It's not. Roll again. A 24 and then an 18. Oh, oh wonderful. Blademaster runs towards you. You're currently focused on Champion. You oh. fend off all three of Champion's attacks. You turn at the last minute as Blademaster rushes in, makes a devastating slash across, just across your entire chest, exposing bits of your bone to the air. It stings. Tala, you take 31 damage halved to 15. Oh! Tala is still up, folks. <gasps> Barely. As one of these slashes with the waving blade slashes across your chest, exposing bone. The second one coming down again across your abs, dealing less than the first one did. So that was 24 and 7 were the two amounts of damage. And then the third, the third slash as he wheels his sword around his head as though he's going to deliver a coup de grace on you. You just duck underneath. It's simple. It saves your life. Next in the order is Talassa. Talassa, you've got the champion and the blade master either side of you. Right. How is Blade Master looking? Because I've hit him a fair few times. There's a lot of blood leaving his body, but he's still. I mean, he's a lot more enthusiastic than Champion is. The Champion. You might be able to take Blade Master out. You could almost definitely take out Champion. Okay, yeah, so <laughs> Tala's very aware that she may not uh, now make it out alive because she's used the last of her magic gel and the healer is out. She is going to make her first trident attack recklessly at Champion to just get him okay. to die. She is done with his bullshit. Great. Go for it. That is a 22 to hit. 22 hits, roll damage, make it count. That is... Four, eight, ten, plus two is twelve. Twelve is exactly what you needed. <gasps> wow. As Tala, your first 
trident strike goes in, getting underneath, piercing what you believe where a diaphragm would be if these creatures seem to possess them. You lift it off the ground as its body sort of tenses and then slackens on the three tines of your trident as you see this psychic damage then ripple oh. the skin over it as well. Okay, Tala ferociously twists and turns and plunges her trident, attempts to, into Blade Master. Roll to hit. Amazing. But, but barbarians, when they're cornered, I mean. Nah. <laughs> I've the same thing twice. I've got two 18s, so that's a 25. 25 hits. Roll damage. Okay. 13. And an extra three psychic, so 16 total. 16 total. Tali, you turn to the Blade Master, the champion freshly dead, the, the greeny blue blood still dripping off. You turn. And while you catch him, after he's just delivered his missed swing to you, you go in underneath that weak point under the arm again. <laughs> Goes in there. Another gout of blood just pours out. This creature looks incredibly weak, but is oh. still standing. Tala, for the moment. fueled by fury at Hendrix, because he like he made such a wholesome decision to try and accept this yeah. surrender. Like Tala wasn't having it, but he's been having this radiant energy and he tried to do a good thing, mm -hmm. which is new for Hendrix, and he's just been like punished for it. Yeah. And that is not justice to Tala. And Tala's big into mm. justice. Whether it's legal is mm. not a thing. It's about moral justice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so definitely. with all her fury and fire, she is going to charge and shove oh. at Blade Master oh. with her shield. Appreciate it. Roll to hit. Appreciate it, Tala. <laughs> you get him where my initiative roll could not. Oh, <laughs> you get to do it at advantage, Tala. I do. That is a 23 to hit. That hits. My little baby D4. <laughs> that is a three plus my four, so that is seven. Initiative is not over. Tala, how do you want to do this? <gasps> yes. <gasps> so, what Tala is going to do, because she's so furious, mm. um, and I'm hoping you'll allow her to do this, she basically puts her shield between her and Blademaster mm -hmm. and, like, charges, shoving him so that he is pressed against the edge of the ship, against the banister, and... She just kind of looks him like dead in the eye and then she just very deftly lifts her shield up and just uses the point of Taj to slice across his neck and then steps back and boots him over the edge. Cool. Tala, you crush him against the banister. You bring your Taj up and deftly just sever any blood-delivering vessels that were in his neck. Ooh, and before she kicks him, she says for Luska in Primordial. Nice. Oh, badass. As his body goes limp, the blue-green blood flooding over you, you yell out in Primordial for Luska. His body starts to limp, you bring up a foot, and you kick him over into the swirling, whirling vortex. Right. Skylar, it's your turn. There is one guy left. Well, I've got line of sight on him. So I'm going to shoot him. Do it. Roll to hit. Add advantage. It's a 19. 19 hits. Roll damage, Skylar. Hell yeah. And sneak attack. And sneak attack. That is a 17 total. 17 total. Skylar, how do you want to do this? Yes. This feral creature with claws and teeth are bearing over your friend, your, your father figure. Your, your Hendrix, your Hendrix. Mm -hmm. You loose an arrow, what, how, how do you so want it to go? So he kind of watches that happen and he kind of sees red, but through that red mist, his vision kind of just tunnels 
to focusing on the figure that stood over Hendrix and he just very calmly knowing that this is his wheelhouse he takes out an arrow lines it up and is like oh no you don't and he just (laughs) shoots him nice straight in the head and the arrow does smack him in the back of the head he falls over there is no dramatic flailing or screaming it is a very quick death hell yeah beautiful congratulations guys (laughs) you are i'm then gonna run over to to hendrix yeah tala's the same can tala give skylar the help action on his medicine check on hendrix yes So make a medicine check at advantage, please, Skylar. So that is a 15. Uh, With a 15, Hendrix, you are stabilized. You are not conscious. You are stabilized. Yay! All right, all right, he's stable. Tala's going to sprint down to get Shimmer or Tiny. Anyone who can heal or any kind of potion that we have. So I'm going to stay, like, crouched beside him. Just kind of very on guard. Still kind of has uh, his bow and arrow like at his side and he's kind of like keeping an eye on the edges mm, of the nice. ship I like that. just in case anybody else feels like just fucking with them while Tala leaves a trail of bloody footprints as she runs yeah bless her limping away as as bless. the two of you run to as the two of you run to Hendrix to staunch the bleeding and to stop your friend from going under you feel his breathing go from being very rapid to being very calm and regular you feel his heart rate sort of just go to something a bit more regular and it's still quite fast but it is regular and you believe that hendrix is stable hendrix roll me a d4 please it's a three you will be conscious in three hours okay awesome hendrix is stabilized the creatures are dead either on the deck or overboard what would you like to do? Yeah, Tala's going to run, or probably I should say stumble, down the stairs to find someone from the crew. And she's kind of just stumbling. And she's like, guys, Hendrix is down. We need to help. But she's like bleeding from so many parts of her body. Whatever point she sees Tiny, she would likely just kind of collapse in his arms because she is, she wants to get help for Hendrix, but she's also like, I'm so hurt right now. <laughs> yeah, you're so hurt. You just, you, you're you so close to being unconscious as well. You need, yeah. you need help. Tala, you stumble down the steps, leaving Skylar and Hendrix behind you. As you get down the steps, you hear the sounds of whimpering. Um, and a familiar smell meets your nostrils. You smell the smell of blood. (gasps) As you get down into the lower deck, there is a distinct lack of people. Oh, no. You get lower down still and find yourself in the hold. In the hold, there are four of these creatures dead (gasps) on the floor. The crew all look pretty badly beat up, and there are uh, two dead halflings oh, no. on the floor as well. Mm. Are, the, are all the crew alive? Yes, but they don't look well. Okay, Tala's looking through whatever kind of cases might have healing potions, anything, or like the kitchen to see if Tiny's got anything that was baked. Like she's now on the hunt, I guess, for any kind of healing potions. Roll me an investigation check. Oh, fuck, that's only a nine. I don't think I have any investigation. You know where Tiny keeps his 
baked goods, and you are able to find about 20 of his buns, each of which heal, because um, no two batches are the same I like to roll for. Yeah, that's fair. Each of these buns will heal for four, so you find 20 of them, so you can distribute a an amount of healing equal to 80. Hendrix cannot eat these because Hendrix is unconscious. Yes, he's unconscious, no, I know. When you come down the stairs, uh, calling about Hendrix, however, Shimmer will go straight up the steps. Oh. Oh, Shimmer's so good. Calling up towards Hendrix. Talor will probably just, like, put a hand on Shimmer as Shimmer goes past, just as, like, yeah. an understanding of a thank you, but then probably go and distribute some buns first downstairs with the crew. And basically, however many they need they can take, Talor will wait. Because um, <laughs> she's good like that. So Pad takes three, Norma takes three, Tiny takes three for nine. Um, and the, the rest of the crew actually don't look too badly beat up mm-hmm. so you, you suspect our crew pad tiny norma and shimmer all sort of took the brunt of the damage with the exception of these two poor halflings that met their untimely end are they dead like tala can't do a medicine check to stabilize their. they are dead they are not quite um they're, they're beyond the point okay of... tala will just linger when she gets to tiny and just kind of put a hand on his face and be like are you okay he pulls you in for a big hug a big hug and he puts a hand on your back and does a second level cure wounds. Oh, tiny. healing hugs, Aww. healing you for 10 points. Tala, she's like partly in like official, oh, I need to start helping people in distributing buns mode. Mm. But when he hugs her, she kind of always is like, oh, I'm going to have this hug for a second. So she kind Aww. of leans into it. Yeah. And it's really nice because he's healing her as he hugs her. Because Tiny's, that's, that's such a cute power to fucking have. Mm. And she kind of, she, she hugs him back and she kind of says to him quietly, she's like, I'm, I'm sorry, I think I think I got some blood on your everything. <laughs> he, he says, uh, and that's that's okay, we, uh, at least we can wash it off. I'm sorry, I didn't know there was anyone down here. I would have come, but we were... Uh, it's uh, fine, yeah. we, we didn't know until we got here. It was already too late. Okay. I'm gonna run upstairs and give some of these to Skyler and Hendrix if he's awake, but... Um, well, on the main deck, uh, Skyler, you're there with Hendrix and you see Tala go down. Almost as soon as Tala goes down, you see uh, Shimmer scuttle her way up and Shimmer goes straight over to Hendrix, sort of pauses for a second, does a sort of crow-like tilt of the head. He cocks his head to the other side too, kind of like instinctively. And then he sort of like hops back a little bit on his... um on his feet in this crouched position so that Shimmer can come a little bit closer. Cool. Uh, Shimmer hops forwards and as they do, the white tattoos or etchings on their beaks start to glow with this sort of beautiful radiance. Um, and this impression of like a chalice appears on their beak almost, like a like an astrological version of it. From Shimmer's shoulders to impressions of crows sort of fly into Hendrix's body almost, healing Hendrix over the course of a minute for uh, 35 healing points. Whoa, that is a beefy heal. It's a very gradual process over that minute. Hendrix's already very pallid expression is still quite pale. Mm. More and more colour sort of returns to your face, Hendrix. Can I come round then? Does that happen? You do come round, yes. And the first thing you see as you wake up is the face of Shimmer. <laughs> so when the healing begins, um, the very yeah. like as soon as he's able to kind of move at all, but before he's kind of come around properly, his hand flies into his coat and clutches something. It's kind of like instinct as he sort of doesn't know if he's alive or dead yet. Yeah. 
Your uh, ticket is still there, yes. So he doesn't know he's done it, but like it's kind of like a, a last dying instinct to grab his ticket. So when he's able to move, that mm-hmm. happens. And then he comes around and he looks at Shimmer. And he's like, oh, it's you. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey, hey, buddy. Oh, well, the pretty lights. I didn't know what you were for a second. And he sits up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. Yes, could could be the angel of death. You're, you're actually... <laughs> yeah, you're looking up at this crow face, all these glowing stars on their beak. It's like, I'm definitely dead. <laughs> oh, it's Shimmer. <laughs> Skylar just kind of like is all crouched and like really, really tense. And then as you sit up, he kind of goes, oh, and then he like tackles oh. you back. So you end up getting knocked back down Ooh. to the deck as he gives you a big hug. He sort of splutter coughs on his back and is like, st- still a bit injured. Oh, oh, uh, sorry. He realises what he's holding his hand and, and lets go of it and he wraps his arms around you and gives you a big hug. As you guys embrace again, you see the fog around you starts to clear as well. You hear again the... Uh, and you realise it is quite close to you, actually. Probably probably seems closer than it was previously, largely because they've moved closer, but also because there's now no fog. Fog adds the illusion of distance. Mm. But whereas, um, doesn't quite let go of you, though, Skylar, who's like still holding you. He sits up and looks around, like, where's, where's Tyler? Is she okay? So he kind of, like, sits back on his haunches a little bit, but keeps, like, a hand on your shoulder. Mm. And he's like, I think she went below deck. Uh, she, she got hurt pretty bad but she's 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 standing good it's hard to tell with her because (laughs) i mean she she can take a lot she'll let let you know when she's feeling it yeah so i i think i think she's okay she was still up and speaking okay he kind of sits back again like relieved like yeah he kind of like pats you on the shoulder a little bit and lets you move but he's all, he's all sat close. Tala kind of comes up the stairs and she's just got this fucking like basket full of buns <laughs> in one hand. And um, she sees Hendrix like sitting up or like just alive. Mm. Tala's not like a crier, but I imagine she gets like a bit teary eyed. Mm. And she just like bends down and doesn't say anything. It just gives Hendrix a really big hug. Oh yeah, he, I think he, as you, you came over, he'd stand up to hug you. Oh. So he's like, oh, Tala's only gets up. And he just, yeah, he'll just give you a huge hug as well. Really thought we were both for it there. Yeah, nearly. I brought you some buns. I don't know if they're a lime or not, uh, but oh, they're buns. You star. They do have little tiny bits of candied lime. Oh, <laughs> tiny little. <laughs> Andres is just going to have the one bun because Shim has given him a lot of health, but obviously he's like, oh, the healing buns, thank you. So he takes one. Tala has five for now because she doesn't want to take all of the boat supplies and she's anticipating a, a long sleep. So she'll have five. So the bleeding stops, but mm. she's still covered in puncture wounds. As you, as you take a bite of, of these buns, you do feel you feel your resolve is strengthened ever so slightly. They're very comforting. They're very flavoursome as well. Very tasty buns. Mm-mm-mm, good enough to live for. Seeing that Hendrix is alive and stable, Tala is very curious to go and look at that glaive that the guy dropped before. Mm. Tala, as you get up and go to move towards... Uh, where the deep diver was before their death, you notice that there is a ship moving in range of you. And actually all three of you can hear it and notice it as well. Does it um, look like a nice ship? It's not like covered in zombies or anything, is it? Well, on the front <laughs> of this ship is an opulent curved 
brass horn, the one that you were hearing previously. There are high elves either side of it doing movements that suggest that they are moving the water around them. Wow. If any of you are familiar with druids, you would you'd recognize the movements of, of a spell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On further inspection, um, these are not the kind of high elves that Skylar is familiar with. Yeah. These high elves are almost distractingly beautiful, and that can mean to you whatever. Hey! Unlike Skylar. (laughs) Unlike Skylar, who has a roguish, rugged charm about himself, while still being very pretty. Alright. I'll let it slide, you charmer. Are these high elves wearing blue, is my question to you, sir. Each of these elves are, in fact, clad head to toe in blue. Fuck yeah, they're style elves! They're wearing blue jackets with white, what can only be described as buccaneer shirts underneath. They've got belts that are cinched perfectly in the middle. Trousers that actually balloon ever so slightly at the top and then go down to a very, almost like a carrot-shaped leg, uh, revealing black heeled boots at at the deck for each of them. The elves casting spells don't address you. They're too busy doing what they're doing. However, an elf wearing very, very high heels indeed walks to the edge of their main deck and says in elvish, in stylish elvish, they say, "Uh, are you okay over there? There's uh, a whirlpool and uh, and fog all around the place. Is everything okay? Tala looks down to Skylar because Tala doesn't understand it. Skylar, you are the only one to understand this. He stands up and goes to the railings and calls out to them uh, and just says, Hello! Hello! Yes, we've been attacked! We have injured people on board. Could please send help? And he's sort of like, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> There's a moment, Skylar, where you think, oh God, did I, did I say, was that right? Is my accent okay? Oh God, oh God. Um, and then there's a callback saying, absolutely, we will be with you shortly. And then there is some sort of non-projected yelling on the mm. boat that you intuit to be instructions. Yes. So he kind of, when they reply, he's sort of like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because he ain't the educated type, so he's just hoping that he sounds nice and polite. (laughs) So that happens. You can see the boat sort of turning slowly and moving towards you guys. They don't seem to be in any great rush. And now that the fog has lifted around you, you can see that actually the area that where your boat is seems to have quite a lot of rocks as though your course would have taken you through essentially a, a choke point. Mm. You suspect that it was in fact a definite ambush. Tala, you go and pick up this glaive and it is a, it is a pole arm and is just a, a long pole with a, with a very nasty looking edge on it. As you look closer, you notice that this blade seems to be made out of some sort of large shell that has been sharpened and honed. Um, The glowing orb in the middle of it uh, it doesn't glow anymore. It's just 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 a space, an absence of orb, basically. So is the orb not there at all? Yep. Interesting. You would have noticed as you as you dispatched the creature holding it, Mm. the orb like sort of blunk out of existence. Okay, that's fine. And Tyler will probably also do, um, just double check if the priestess was hiding any magical secrets. Do me an investigation check. That's a three. (laughs) Other than her shark tooth bonking stick, 
she doesn't seem to have anything else of note on her. Hendrix, do you want to come and check this priest lady? If she doesn't have any, like, books or anything? Um, sure. So he comes over and does so. Roman investigation check, please, Hendrix. That's 23. Oof, nice. So, Tala went there and did a barbarian look over. This is a weapon. Yeah. I will pick it up. <laughs> uh, and you start to sort of go through secret pouches that only really magic casters would know, like where it's convenient for someone to keep something else. She doesn't have all that much that you would really recognize, um, just given that her spell casting seems to be very different to yours. Mm-hmm. But her robes are the sort of material that doesn't get bogged down with water. It sort of allows for effortless movement in water. Her staff, it is just a, it is a toothsome staff. She doesn't seem to have any spell books or anything on her. You do find a scroll of paper, basically like a water-resistant parchment, although it's it's more of a wet parchment Mm. than anything. It's uh, clearly made of some sort of seaweed or kelp, but what's written on it is in a language that you don't understand, and you can't discern what this could be. He will pocket the parchment. I was like, he'll shout to Tala, like, can you read that? I assume not. No. So he stands up and goes over to Sky. So he kind of looks around and says, yes. An important notice for you. Can you read this? No. I, I can't. No. Very good, sir. He scrolls it back up and comes over. He puts it in his jacket. He's going to keep hold of it, um, but he can leave the rest. Tala will also just kind of like touch Hendrix on the arm and be like, um, by the way, there were four of these guys down in the hold as well. We've lost two crew members. So the crew had a bit of a tough time, but everyone else kind of seems okay. Tala's also thinking there might be some kind of sea, like a ship's ritual for if you lose mm. a man at sea, but she doesn't know what that is. And she imagines that Pad yeah, will take care of yeah. that. I think because he, he's a sailor, so he'd be there kind of like, oh, well, you know, I'm sure the, the crew will want to do something for them and say a few words. The two halflings were called Garrett and Ty, T-Y-E. Oh, oh sad. Yeah, Hendrix will obviously attend their funeral, as will everybody else, but he will, within that, he'll cast funeral rite, so he'll make it so that the corpses can't become undead in the next seven days. He won't really know he's doing it, but he'll just be there sort of at the funeral. like right, That's you know? cool. Also, in a strange twist, Tala might possibly sing the sea shanty that she heard Ooh. when she was at the other plane. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Because it felt like a weird place and it felt like somewhere where the sea was calm and it was kind of very peaceful. That's fun. And, and it seemed like something to do with, like, sailors. Mm. So the stylish elves approach your boat and gradually the remaining members of the crew come up above deck the halflings carrying Garrett and Ty it's the the whole thing is is quite sad and mournful the elves come over and they heal the wounded as best they can obviously they don't use all of their resources because they still there's still a possibility of attack they don't want to completely deplete themselves mm-hmm. can everyone roll me a either an investigation or a persuasion check please or a deception actually oh i got a nat 20 wow i'll do investigation because that seems more like what tala would probably do than persuade or in, in or deceptive. okay i'm persuading uh, i've got a dirty 20 okay i got a 18 18 for a what sorry uh, oh a deception lovely thank you everybody um, Tala, while you're talking to these elves, you learn that these 
guys uh, actually don't set foot on the island of Saint. They don't set foot on style. Um, they purely patrol the waters around it, looking for ships that are being attacked huh. by these menacing creatures. These guys tell you, Tyler, because you, you reveal that you're the guard and they the the guard-like ones sort of get talking to you about this. Mm -hmm. And you find out that they are essentially guarding the waters um, and it is part of their sworn duty to not set foot on land until they've spent 70 years at <gasps> sea. That's wow. awesome. Which for elves is like a long holiday, you know? Yeah. Are these creatures a problem for them? Is is it like they are a common threat? Yes. So these creatures have been uh, occurring increasingly more often these days. And they have a name for them. They call them Sahuagin. And uh, they reveal to you that these creatures have been impacting shipments and attacking just vessels of all kinds. This particular place where they are, uh, they call it the clasp, mm. because there are so many narrow passageways that the boats have to fit through, that this is where the bulk of the attacks come from. Do they know if these creatures have any kind of link to Axel, just because they're now becoming more prevalent? Uh, through your conversations with them, they, they don't, They've not found anything that suggests they have an axle relation, mm -hmm. but being creatures that thrive off chaos and the suffering of others. When when the sea is bad, these guys thrive, basically. Okay. Uh, Hendrix, you are one of the first people to be treated, actually, as, as you went under but didn't quite die. They recognise the seriousness of that. The elves are all very kind to you. Hendrix, and eventually you find yourself speaking to a an elf with a similar sort of role as you, one of the few elves that is very fluent in common. Ah. And the two of you sort of get to talking, and in and she too has, uh, she looks very tired. She looks like she's been through a lot. Um, she's missing an arm. Actually, her her left arm isn't there at all, and in place is like a. A, a mage arm to all intents and purposes but she's able to change the shape of it so when she's telling a story occasionally that she'll sort of use it to form a shape or something that's really funny fun and fascinating very cool I, I think instantly i think the tiredness would recognize tiredness you know it's like ha, we get yeah it's it's <laughs> literally and she she doesn't try and lecture you about how dangerous these waters are and how you should have advised better or or, you know, how best contacts or anything. She literally sits down with you and starts to recount to you a uh, a story from when she was uh, a young adventurer like you on the waves. <laughs> Maybe a hundred years ago, she got into a, into a fight with some particularly dangerous sharks that live very deep underwater. They had to go and rescue a boat that had been brought down by by some mega sharks and that's how she lost her arm she tells you this story but she laughs while she's doing it able to enjoy the uh the the, the humor that can come out of those sorts of situations when you've lived with the pain long oh, enough he'd love that mm. he'd love that so much he'll swap her he'll tell the story of the big beastie we um fought at last hope cool as you tell her the the story of of the aboleth her face sort of hardens isn't quite the right word but she recognizes how dangerous that is and how fresh the story is to you and there's a beautiful moment where the two of you sort of have this moment of silence where you've shared these traumatic experiences and in doing so you've almost fortified your own mm. souls that's really nice. Skylar, between translating for Hendrix and generally talking to the stylish elves and making sure that your accent is spot on, mm, mm. you are asked 
who you are because obviously you you speak you speak the language and very few people outside of the island speak the language mm. he explains that he is uh, Jacques Leblanc you say that and there's a few sort of discussions they seem surprised and quite excited that you're you're a member oh, of the no. Leblanc family <laughs> oh no they, they see you and, and they, <laughs> they they sort of remark that you know the the family resemblance is it, it's not very strong, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but to say to say that you're a, a, a LeBlanc is is quite a thing. So oh. they you know, they're, they're oh. very they're very excited to speak to you, oh, no. and sort of after an initial sort of ripple of excitement as you're speaking to these um, these guys are just just crew members basically. One of the officers walks over, and uh, and he says, Ah, you are uh, Jacques LeBlanc, oui? Ah, uh, oui. Ah, so um, you are. Um, I, I suppose the son of Marc Leblanc. Indeed. Mm. And he he puts his hand out for a for a handshake. I shake his hand. He says, uh, "I I was uh, familiar with your father before I went out to sea, uh, but this was." And he sort of pauses for a moment, squints his eyes, and looks at you, Scott, and says, "I must have been before you were born. You are what? You are maybe twenty. <laughs> you are a baby. Why are you out here?" I I have a adventurous spirit. He uh, glances around at the death. <laughs> and he, he says, uh, well, we must all exercise our sails before we fully hit the ocean, yes? But we, we. And he sort of doesn't have much more to say to you, recognising just the sheer difference in age between mm. the two of you. He is, he is vastly older than you are. He will ask him to regale him with some stories of his father's time at See. Only <laughs> a persuasion check, Skylar. That is a seventeen. So with a seventeen, um, the the first story you get is of how uh, this gentleman, whose name is Nicola, um, how Nicola and Marc Leblanc met. Uh, they actually met when they were both in prison for not wearing heels, <laughs> and they they staged a grand escape in which they paid their way out of jail. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was no tale of daring do. They simply used capitalism to get out of jail. Ah, uh, the old-fashioned way. It's, it's a very <laughs> funny story to him, um, because now he is in charge of finding troublemakers uh. and putting them to rights. Mm-hmm. The next story that you are told is one of, of when the two of them bumped into each other again at Fashion Week, where they were both uh, modelling for contrasting designers. Okay, so my, my father is a handsome man, so I should fit in quite well. Skyler's <laughs> is so humble. You're not as distracting um, and pretty as these guys, we've been told. Yeah, that's why I'm the son that no one's heard of. <laughs> um, however, n- neither of them or their designers won because they uh, they lost the sink, unfortunately. <laughs> the sink? The sink, yes. you mean? Do you mean a lip sink? Is this where this is going? No, 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 no. The, all that he says is that neither of us won because we, we we both lost the sink. Or, or sorry, neither of us won. We both lost the sink. Um, which I presume Skylar just nods his head out. Mm. Um, and then the the last story that he tells you, he sort of says in that that the, that Nicola and your father became sort of firm friends after that, uh. bonded mm. through the tragedy of not winning through through years of camaraderie and shenaniganery. Um, Mark was eventually uh, Nicolas's best man at his at his wedding. It's uh, Nicolas's wedding to his wife, Aww. whose name you learn is Colette. Pretty. He's gonna ask how well does Nicolas 
know his mother. He says, uh, well, I have I have known your mother, uh, not for as long as I have known your father, but uh, she, yes, she is well. I am sure she misses you. She, there, there must be uh, uh, some sort of uh, post out looking for you. Oh, almost certainly. <laughs> I shall put her fears to rest when we arrive home safely. If you would like, I can send a message to her to let her know that her baby Jacques is safe. I have a arrival plan in place. Don't spoil the surprise. Ah, uh, that's classic LeBlanc theatrics. Very well. Mm, he's like, okay, I'm starting to get a picture of this family. <laughs> <laughs> That is, that is what you learn about the LeBlanc family. You don't learn any, uh, you don't really, you learn a lot about the character of Marc LeBlanc. Um, you don't learn much tangible information. Yeah, that's fine. And so the three of you sort of come to know the members of this ship. And the ship's name is uh, Rhapsody in Blue. Ah, love it, love which it. Which is A, very fashionable, and B, just good fun. I have to know, mm. do any of them comment on Tala's blue skin. Funny you ask. <laughs> oh yeah, it's very fashionable. Once yeah. all of the healing and the tending to has happened and no one is critically bleeding out. And I'm cleaned up. <laughs> what happens first is the uh, the burials at sea. As Ty and Garrett are both uh, tied to uh, some planks of wood and are lowered into the ocean and sent out, Hendrix, you start to sort of reflect on the way that death has impacted you and how the deaths of these brave young halflings will impact the lives of other people. And in doing so, you feel this this intangibleness sort of leave your body almost, projected onto them. And while they do have these very serene-looking faces, they, they go from being like a very stiff face to just looking more relaxed. Aww. And the, the bodies themselves sort of relax as they drift off into the ocean. And Tala, you begin to sort of sing the words of the song that you heard and one person starts to hum along and she is the uh, the advisor that Hendrix was talking to and she, uh, as you sort of start to sing under your breath almost, she comes up behind you and with her right hand holds your left hand as the two of you sort of share that moment Love this advisor lady, she needs a name Her name is Emmalina so, Tala, you and Emmalina uh, join hands as you both quietly and almost serenely sing this song, wishing these two halflings to find their rest. Mm. As these halflings sort of drift over the horizon, the attitude of the elves changes ever so slightly to one of more jovialness and celebration. And the halflings as well, they change. As, these are, as the elves are long-lived races and are very used to death, and the halflings are a race, uh, or a culture, I should say. The elves are a culture that endure a lot of death just due to their longevity. Mm -hmm. And the halflings have a culture that is one based around celebration. Mm -hmm. And that sort of, you've got to celebrate to make life worth living. Yeah. You know, there's, no, there's no point mourning the dead to be sad. You've got to be happy that they lived the life that they lived. Yeah. And so the halflings all start singing a song and the elves don't know it, but they hum along. It's a jaunty song, but it's about celebrating the life that they had at sea and maybe they'll see them on the horizon again one day. And it's, it's just a very, Aww. it sounds sad when I talk no, about it, but it's, it's very, it's very upbeat. Yeah. Some of the halflings sort of get some boxes and they start treating them like cajons uh, and drumming out a beat. Oh, that's fun. And as this dancing starts off, the elves start to gather around you, Tala, <laughs> and you are 
you are festooned with compliments for the wonderful pallor of your skin. The most beauteous blue. Bluer than the ocean, bluer than the sky, bluer than the sapphires that sparkle in your eye, says one of the elves in Broken Common. I translate. <laughs> She's she very much into my part of her is kind of slightly uncomfortable at the very kind of superficial approval of her because they literally like her looks is never something that Tala has necessarily prioritized yeah but also she's kind of like do you know what I nearly fucking died yeah I'll take this <laughs> no, I'm, ta- I'm gonna take this yeah. if they want to stand there and tell me how great I look do you know what fucking do it <laughs> <laughs> she'll milk it she might like kind of try and like flex her tattoos so that they kind of glow within the blue to try and just like mm. show these elves a good time oh you're here for the gun show you, you've got a rage left so you could like make your tattoos glow yeah she's gonna do that absolutely so Tali you join in with the dancing and you channel your rage and your tattoos glow and the elves lose their minds (laughs) they cannot handle this strong tattooed blue woman who's got fucking fish and stuff like that tattooed all over her (laughs) Skylar you recognize the song that some of the elves are singing as well and you're able to join in because while like these are very distinctly different cultures you guys all have similar origins Mm. and the songs are all very the same but it's less bluegrass and more um, more French Mm. basically (laughs) and so from this very stressful day you've had you make some new friends uh, and while that doesn't cover necessarily the losses you guys have come out the other side you have survived this ambush encounter uh, and you've learned some more information about the isle of saint and as such the celebrations as it gets towards the late of the night and i'm talking it gets dark and the moon gets Mm. high uh the halflings are for lack of a better word drunk as a skunk nice the elves aren't quite so uh free-flowing with the alcohol but they've got to be at sea much longer Mm -hmm. than the halflings have Mm -hmm. Um, and everyone sort of retires to their quarters and Tala you get a message in your head oh you get a message in your head from Emelina and the message is and it it doesn't happen in the accent because it's a message that appears in your Mm -hmm. head very few people know that song those that do have known death in their hearts, yet they have returned from beyond where Mesh casts his net. (gasps) And that is where we're going to end the episode. Amazing. (gasps) That is so cool. What's the meaning of Tala's cryptic message? How will Skylar blend in in style? And will Hendrix use his ticket to save his soul? I can't wait to find out next time on Dice and a Slice. Because Tyler's at the point now where she's like, I mean, I've got the rock. (laughs) (laughs) The dance with death, but I've got the rock. You guys should one day just play an entire session of rock roulette. (laughs)